Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us here for a Democrat and a Republican walk into a bar at our favorite spot in the Cape, Ollie's Pub. Thanks so much for joining us. I, I hear I have a new beer coming towards me, a strawberry lemonade sour. Ooh, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, sounds too, good. not a beer guy, but um, I may want to try that too. So we'll see. Cool drinks, Sean, cool show. Have you reached the ten thousand dollars yet? By the way, uh, we're still very close. Still very close. So we're going to send you a. Uh, there's going to be a link that we'll be posting up, of course, uh, for their donation page. We're trying to keep all these open over the summer, usually during our the summer uh, days. Um, even though you'd think otherwise, uh, that's when the seasonal people go back up. And so we don't really have that much business. So we have a, a GoFundMe account. Um, they are, oh, they're very close, less, less than $200 toward, towards their goal. So they're, they are getting close. I'm going to have to make a donation myself. I actually have some disposable income around. Yeah, but yes, we need great. to get them to 10000 That'll keep them open enough for the summer. And that way, once season rolls around, they'll, of course, be, be profitable and making money. These type of things because of our uh, the way our tourism and season works and unfortunately our tourism season this year was much less because of hurricane ian right you know businesses depend on that and unfortunately a lot of small small businesses down here struggle and all these is a big staple in our community uh, a lot of people love coming here it's a safe place for a lot of people to come in cape coral so we want to keep it open um so uh, we really appreciate it if you have some some loose change lying around uh, if you can donate to that gofundme get them over that ten thousand absolutely line. and and shout out to all the small businesses across southwest florida mm -hmm. that are working to to make it through i know a lot of people are still recovering from the hurricane it does take a long time i know a mm -hmm. lot of people are still jostling with their insurance company <laughs> and yeah right and um so do get out to patron our small businesses around town and for everybody else. It's not like this kind of service-based industry. Stay strong, friends. Yep. We know that you're the lifeblood of our economy. Amen. And, you know, there are folks that are fighting for you. So. Uh, so <laughs> no, we have Republicans who are supporters of There's small businesses. There's Republicans that say. <laughs> oh, my God. I, so, like, let's say this: we're the champion of micro businesses. Micro businesses, okay. I, micro businesses are businesses with twenty or less full-time equivalent employees. Because actually, small businesses, if you know, are are considered businesses with five hundred or less full-time employees. So that's one of the ways that people squirrel around with mm. how they talk about things. Because there's a lot of uh, business funding loans and things that are available to quote small businesses, but far less for micro businesses. So Definitely Republicans are for micro businesses because we're pro entrepreneurship. Okay. So I so already, already we're at it. We have a we have a lot of things stuck. How was your fourth of July, by the way? Oh boy, let's see. Um Yeah, you had a busy week this week, actually. Oh, you yeah. and your duck. Yeah, that's right. We'll talk about the duck in a minute. So this, yeah, so Fourth of July was great. You know, it's always a fantastic time to celebrate America and our independence and our freedom, mm -hmm. our real freedoms. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really jazzed. Well, I'll, I'll, you'll know why in a minute. Um but yeah, no, I spent some time with my in-laws, had a nice barbecue, very Americana. Mm -hmm. And then uh, my family and I went down to do the fireworks in Centennial Park. So the Fort oh, Myers, okay. the Fort Myers fireworks. was over at the Cape Coral one, Red, White, and Boom. That's yeah, a big that's one. That's always fun, too. Big one that happens every year. I got there at around 8. So we had Dylan Scott, who's this country musician, as the headliner. So I got the tail end of his um, performance. And I was right there, like, on the water of the river. So it was... It cool. was the fireworks were right above me, and it was a wonderful, uh, a wonderful fireworks um, show. Um, definitely, uh, just amazing, very beautiful. Uh, and Red, White, and Boom is always just just a fun event. It's yeah. a major aspect. It's one of the two big like community events, along with our Festival of Light, Lights during Christmas. Yep. So always wonderful to do that. Yeah, very big. So happy to have, have gone there again. There was one time I have a story where uh years ago i was living on pine island i wanted to go to red white and boom i biked four hours from pine island to get there it was crazy wow it was exhausting but it was it was a uh, heck of you a determination i was dedicated because it's such a great event and our city government and our our special events shout out to our cape coral special events team 
Um, wonderful job this year. Wonderful job getting getting um, that big name, um, Dylan Scott, who's I'm not really a big country music fan, but apparently he's big in country music. A uh, lot of people were enjoying the performance. So very good time all around. Can't wait for next year. Mm-hmm. A very good experience. And there's usually vendors and stuff like that. It's a big festival atmosphere. I, you know, when I was a candidate, I, I always had a table mm-hmm. at Red, White, yep. and Bloom. Uh, boom. Really good time. Um, you know, and I'll even give a shout out to Brian Rist and the folks at Storm Smart. <laughs> usually one of the main sponsors and had been, even though there's a little bit of some controversy with that in Cape Coral's past. Uh, Brian, Brian Rist is a, is a, is an interesting figure in Cape Coral's past, but we won't, we won't discuss that right now. I had worked with him uh, on homeless issues in the past as well. So uh, I know that, you know, he's a, he's a a very philanthropic figure now, especially, you know, with how big storm smart has gotten. He's basically using, I don't think he owns that anymore. I think right. he's like, so he's basically, you know, using that money, giving it back to the community. Like yeah, a lot of people. The family foundation. Mm. I know. Um, but yeah, he's always, he's been involved in that in a yeah. while. P- partisanship aside, he was always a very community focused person. Which is, yeah, which is what we need, whether regardless of, of your political affiliation, we need to have a more, I, we both agree there. <laughs> so yeah, so that was good. The, um, the one thing I will say, and this is um, something that happened to me and my family. Usually mm-hmm. the, the shows are about, 25 to 30 minutes Mm -hmm. this year the show was about 13 minutes in fort myers it was noticeably short i heard and i saw on some of the community pages people were talking about the cape coral show being short as well and then people were jostling about it Mm -hmm. um so i I actually left like halfway through because it was like once i got there was like enough fireworks i was like this is good i'm gonna beat the traffic (laughs) because i was right there i was in a position where if i had not if i had waited till the end i would be it would take me like an hour just to get get out to Del Prado, you know? So, so yeah. But so it was a strategic maneuver. Some folks had mentioned that there um, had been some price increases because many of the fireworks are produced in China, like all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it was related to tariffs or inflation or whatever. But some people are saying that the price of fireworks were up to as, twice as much as they had been in previous mm-hmm. years. And actually that tracks because it's about half as long. So, <laughs> And you know, because these are community events, they're budgeted through the city councils. Yeah. And so they do their budgeting the previous year kind of based mm-hmm. on what the, the costs were then. So it, it makes sense that if they had budgeted in 2022 for this year's show and the price unexpectedly went higher, that they're gonna, they're gonna they make you would that get much. it. So. I think, you know, look, I would rather us be fiscally responsible than have a 30 minute fireworks show. I don't... I well, that's my just, goddamn fireworks. <laughs> fucking Fourth Where's, July, your, where's your American patriotism? That's right. Fucking blow shit up. <laughs> How no, come I, are you to tax breaks? Versus that, so, you know, it. low spending versus patriotism. It's the real delight. Well, that's what we have. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> anyway. No, it was, it was a great show. I do, um, you know, I appreciate any of our community events that we have and things that bring us together mm-hmm. as Americans. It is. It, it was a very good event. Cape Coral has its event, Fort Myers at Centennial Park, Naples, all of these communities. So always wonderful. Hope you guys had a good 4th of July as well. And I want to hear about your weekend. You were you were having some fun with the Democrats. That's right. It was the big Democrat jam <laughs> this weekend. So we had what's called Leadership Blue. And this year it was in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it goes around the state from year to year. Try to make it somewhat centrally located. So it's often in Tampa or uh, Orlando, so mm. folks from the Panhandle, Jacksonville can get down. But you know, we wanted to make special focus on Miami, especially our uh, Latino folks in mm. there. So we had a a big convention this weekend. Thousands of people were there. It was a, a good time to connect. Many of the leadership was there. People that includes electeds from Congress and the State House, etc. Mm. Um, so it was a. Uh, it was a lot of fun. So, and as we were talking, there was, I did something special. So <laughs> one of my roles, and as Sean and I had talked about, this is, this is Sean and Cindy talking in a bar, right? Yep. Not officially representing our parties and our other positions. Okay. Yep. But I do have a position on the Democratic Environmental Caucus. Mm-hmm. I am the communications chair there. And we really wanted people to know about some of the environmental issues because mm-hmm. there's a lot of hot button issues these days, yeah. right? People are talking about abortion. They're talking about insurance. They're talking about immigration, blah, blah, blah. But we still think that environment is something that we can actually all care about, that there's a lot of bipartisan yeah, there is. opportunities. Actually, yeah, right? I 100% agree with you on this. You know, this goes back to Teddy Roosevelt and conservation. I think you have a lot of green conservatives and mm-hmm. a lot of conservatives who understand the value of oh. of keeping 
keeping the earth. Hang on, we got a little thing. Oh, no, you can finish off uh, on this. But I was gonna say, um, we we you know you know keeping our earth protected. That's a that's a conservative value, yeah. and, and and you know actually somebody so, was saying like, oh, if you're a conservationist, that means you're like a Republican environmentalist but are you know <laughs> but if you're an environmentalist that means you're like a democrat yes and like and there's all sorts of we're, like, okay, we're okay we're okay with using the term conservation but once we say it in <laughs> it's, a, it's a branding thing you know it, it's uh it always is. <laughs> that guy from polling who, who's like good at like changing the language and changing the names it's a branding thing when we say conservation we feel like oh we're not left wing and i think you know again protecting our earth is a conservative value so well, I think go. that's one thing we agree on. So, but anyway, talk, talk about this. Happens too is there are things that pass the legislation. It may sound good. But mm -hmm. Sometimes there's special interests that are paying into it, and even people who may be conscious about being a conservationist or an environmentalist, the legislation is not designed for that purpose, right? A lot yeah. of times, it's designed tearing reasons, et cetera, and so forth. Yep. So one of the things that we're trying to do is to help people focus on the environment. And we know that sometimes it's not the coolest thing to talk about. So uh, I decided to make it the coolest thing that was <laughs> happening at Florida <laughs> the Blue this weekend. Mm. And so we did this thing. I'm going to show you the um, graphic here. So this is be able to see this if you're a little bit, right? If you're a little bit, so I'll show you the graphic. So this is uh, it says, "Talk to me about clean water. Find muffin to ask why it's important to fight for water rights." And it's got a picture of a baby duck. So I have actually been babysitting, pet sitting ducks <laughs> for my friend who's on vacation this summer, and her duck had babies. And this poor little fellow actually got left behind by mama. So we had to take him in uh -huh. and have been having to care for him. So we have this pet duck. And my friend and I, my friend Danica Fournier, who ran for state house mm -hmm. against Spencer Roach in 2020. And um, she's got a farm. She knows all about animals, right? And so she's been helping me take care of this little fellow, help him get back on track. And uh, we were both going to Leadership Blue this weekend. So we're like, what are we going to do with this duck? And she's like, I'm thinking of bringing it. I'm like, are you thinking of bringing a duck to the Democratic Convention? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, shit, yeah, we're going to do a whole thing on this. So we did. So I made graphics and messaging on it. We brought the duck with us throughout the whole convention. All we over Instagram. I was <laughs> like scrolling through my Instagram page. All these different politicians holding your duck. And yeah. I'm just like, right. This is adorable. I'm it, sorry. It is adorable. Yeah. And everybody loved Muffin. It was so cute. And uh, and then we got to, you know, we had some fun with it. It was like, uh, you know, okay, we got the people to hold it. You know, we got Nikki Freed. We got Carlos Guillermo Smith, who's running yeah. for state senate. Mm -hmm. Like, basically, most of the major Democrats yeah. uh, who were around when we had the duck, we got them to take a photo and, uh, you know, say that they give a duck. About the <laughs> so that was our hashtag, hashtag I give a duck. And uh, it allowed us to have a conversation about water environment and how impactful it can be and it was it was just a lot of fun and it was a it pet duck and it was well taken care of everybody is fine it's not like we swooped in a pond and took <laughs> like a random duck like this was a pet duck and he <laughs> was totally republicans they they steal random ducks okay listen i'm not even gonna lie there were republicans that were trying to troll us because there was a picture that we took with nikki freed holding the duck and they're like oh look the, there's not enough people there so they're trying to fill the ranks with ducks oh my god and i was like dude come on actually all it did and this is why i love republican trolls so I was like, oh, great. So I was able to share all the additional graphics that we made demonstrating all the shitty laws that they passed uh, <laughs> against the environment. And I'm like, hey, is this you? This you? Do you give a duck? I don't think you give a duck at all. So um, I had some fun yeah, with it throughout you, the whole you weekend. And, you, you, you engage quite a bit on social media. It's definitely definitely something I've noticed about you. So that, I didn't see that, but that was pretty interesting. Again, I thought it was cute um, and it, definitely a good messaging tactic. Uh, but yeah, it looked like you guys had fun, um, and it makes sense that you chose Miami, seeing as we clobbered you there last last election. You cycle. did, yep. you did, and listen, Democrats, no, I, I, listen, I can talk about <laughs> the inner politics and how that happened. You know, we are, you know, a message of unity was given, is inspirational. So that's why I'm all jazzed, by the way. So I literally just drove back from Miami, yeah. came here for this podcast. And, uh, you know, because I had. I yeah, she was. She drove straight from Miami to here. So I, I give her props for that. Well, <laughs> yeah. Home, yeah. So they're going to be heading straight home after this. Yes. So, but the, so let me tell you the big thing. I mean, the duck was a big thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. But the real, the actual, like, 
newsworthy thing to come out of it, aside from Bradley Whitford, who was an actor, is an actor and West Wing. That's why you okay. Just see someone post before there. That is cool. Yeah, Bradley Whitford was the keynote speaker, and he was great. Obviously, as a performer, he was able to talk about it. He had donated to my 2020 campaign, so I was already well acquainted with him and as a Democratic activist, a West Wing fan. I think I think it's one of the smarter shows on TV. I don't like Bradley Whitford's politics, but he was so good as Josh Lyman. He was one of one of the best characters on that show. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I can I can unlike a lot of people on both sides of the aisle, I can separate an individual's art from their politics. Hey, I you can have- I can love pre two thousand three Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> with the bobod like that was cool shit like but now it's, it's like but you have like a lot of people like both on the left and the right who just won't watch actors or won't won't see movies i it's a lot harder for republicans because it's like everything is is woke if you will so oh my god again you have to stop. you mean everything's fucking cool and right <laughs> It's our, Come did on you hear that Chick-fil-A now has a DEA advisor? It's horrible. DEI advisor. DEI advisor. Yes, a DEI advisor. Yes, they also have drug enforcers as well. I know. I know. I know that the, I know. I heard about that. A bunch of conservatives are apparently upset about that. I'm like, this is the most Christian, literally the most Christian. Because guess what? Being anti-LGBT is actually not part of the Bible. <laughs> anyway. Well, so the biggest thing to come out of FTP <laughs> is mm-hmm. this. So the Florida Democratic Party decided as their first step towards not being a carcass on the side of the road <laughs> was to change their logo. Okay. And like, look, it's cool. And I will say the previous logo, although I love the blues, it was very passive. Yeah. Land. Well, it looks like an American flag. So it makes you, yeah. This is like, this is like, it's, it's bold font. I listen, and I have like a whole history on communications and data visualization. So this is a bold font. It's yeah, it's not flashy. Mm. This is the new one, yeah. by the way. Um, and it goes back to the traditional red, white, and blue because the old logo was like blue and pastel blue. And yeah. it looked very art nouveau. Very simplistic. Very simplistic. But anyway, so like, this is, this is a interesting step. It wasn't something that we knew about actually until, you know maybe some insiders did but they unveiled the logo mm-hmm. at the uh at the event yeah, yeah. so and we cool. had a surprise drag show <laughs> i'm just saying oh, no. right after nikki free were there kids no there's not fucking kids it was the goddamn gala it was t- it was four hundred dollars a plate and if you have four hundred dollars a plate to give to your kid you're not a democrat <laughs> Sorry. Okay. This is true. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, no. There was a surprise drag show at the end. Um, it was, uh, and, and it was came right after the, um, there was this kind of spectacle thing that Nikki Free did that oh, was actually was- kind of like a, a little shot to her predecessors at the Florida Democratic Party saying that um, because the, they turned the lights out as mm-hmm. part of like, ooh, what's going on? And she goes, oh my God, I promise I paid the bills. And if you remember in, um, if you remember in the incoming, it was, it was when Terry Rizzo came out and Manny Diaz came in. So it was right after the 2020 election, there was a million dollar bill that was left unpaid for staff insurance. And yeah, so there's a lot of, of mismanagement problems free Nikki Freed. Yeah, uh, that really just this. And I honestly think that was a lot of the reason why we clobbered you is just your party was so disorganized. And so I really hope Republicans are listening to this and understanding that you're yes, coming for you. They are, yes, you guys are a threat. I mean, I think you guys are we're more of a threat. And, and the problem is, is when we when we minimalize it, when we think, oh, we're going to be fine, especially here in Southwest Florida. No, y'all can just sit back on your yeah. Lord's Week shit. <laughs> but, just keep chilling. Like, you don't even need to fundraise. Fuck it. See, that's the thing. Definitely don't listen to her. <laughs> but No, it's cool. Like, you, you don't even need candidates. You guys already have, like, a super majority. You can oh, leave tons yeah. of these seats on, like, don't even bother. Um, But so the... <laughs> The thing about the the drag show that was funny too is yeah. like so we had drag performers and it was just like a really nice uh a funny performance um and uh myself and Danica Fournier came up with our dollars which is like a way to you know celebrate and you know yeah. help the performers but we were the first ones to do it mm-hmm. so here's the thing we were sitting in a room full of democrats and 
two of us from Southwest Florida were the only ones who knew what to do with a drag show. <laughs> <laughs> so just in case you ever think that like, oh, Democrats, all we do is like go to drag parties and stuff. Yeah. We don't. Only a few people do. Uh, um, and I actually- Only apparently just you and Danica. Just me and Danica. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I've, uh, I've been- uh, an appreciator of drag for a long time. I actually won an award in 2017 where the part of my awards performance in Kentucky, in Lexington, Kentucky, mm -hmm. uh, when I was um, part of the leadership of the Community Development Society, I won New Professional of the Year, but had a drag show. What what place did you get? It was New Performer or New uh, pra oh. Practitioner of the Year. New Practitioner, oh, new of, the practitioner year. of the Year. So, because I was new in the field, mm. new wish. <laughs> It was back in, in 2017. Kentucky. In Kentucky. Well, we always held our conference in different areas, but it was at yeah, University of Kentucky. So yeah, we had a whole on drag show. We actually, at that time, did an LGBT history tour down through downtown Lexington as one of our community what's, events. Is there LGBT, what's the history there in Lexington? Well, the, you know, like many places, there were LGBT people around for a long, long time. And they were working. Yes, listen, it's guys, there's, there's been gay people around for us. they only no, no, they were only on TV since. <laughs> no. You mean Will and Grace weren't the first? No, it was they like Alan or No, yeah, no, no, no. So yeah, so it was like there had been a long history of it. Anyway, so you know, we had a we had an interesting, we had a good old fashioned Democratic good time. That's good. No, well, I'm happy for you. We're still gonna beat you next year, but. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Guys, don't even worry about it. Like, you guys just so bad in the bag. Just like I said, just chill. Like, we're just over here having drag shows and ducks and fit. Drag shows and ducks. They're nothing to worry about. Okay. We but have a. I was going to say, I want to say hi to Cindy. She was our in off uh, audience guest last week. She's uh, put some things in. She sees that uh, the the duck, uh, Little Muffin here, was a, was a hit. I think it was a hit too. It kind of came about because. Like literally, we had to bring this duck to the thing, but uh, it was always a good way to do it, and I agree with her. We need to get a muffin shirt. Probably sell that oh, in our yeah. So actually, my my mother in law, who's nearly eighty years old, said that she would buy a I give a duck shirt. Which I, is, I mean, I think that's me too. Honestly, he's gonna okay. Unless it unless it if it doesn't donate to a democratic campaign, so I don't have to violate the RPF loyalty. You know, maybe we'll do it here through. Yes, exactly. Small business. business, yeah. Oh, and while we're here, shout out to Chris Proyo. Chris Proyo, who gave me a ride home, but uh, he's you know Senate candidate thirty three, and he's working actually to have a debate with Jonathan Martin, who's the current sitting uh, state senator. But um, he participated in it, uh, got his picture with Muffin, mm -hmm. and is part of our studio audience here today. We yep. got a couple other folks. They don't, I'm not sure if they're they're here for enjoying the, the commentary. <laughs> Hello, they're here for the drinks. They're here for the drinks. And I will say, I'm very, <laughs> I will say, uh, I'm very glad that Jonathan is going to be debating Chris. Um, and I might actually be uh, moderating that debate. We'll see. But um, I think it's very important uh, because a lot of people would advise, you know, the state Senate, state rep candidates to not debate. And, you know, Jonathan is, is not listening to that advice. And Cindy says, hi, uh, by the way. Cindy Schrader. Uh, Cindy Schrader. <laughs> He says, he says, hi back, Cindy. <laughs> so I was going to say one thing is that, the, and this is a common strategy, especially in places like this where there's one party that's dominant. They don't actually always necessarily have to show up. They do not have to make appearances. Mm. They don't have to say anything just because the numbers are in their favor so heavily. And unfortunately, this is a bad thing for people because you don't really get to know the candidates. You never get to hear what their mm -hmm. ideas are. And, you know, even in the 2019 or the 2020 primary of the Republicans, some of the leading Republicans never came to any debates. Like was, uh, Casey was, Asgar. Yeah, I was about to say there was one Republican, Casey Asgar, who was basically attacking the eventual winner, Byron Donalds. All the time, all the time, would never show up to a debate. Never showed up anywhere. I had no idea who this guy was except for his advertisements and only his advertisements on his uh, against Byron Donalds. It was it was like, why won't you show up? Why do you really want this job? Or are you just here to attack? So I don't think but he, he was, was actually the best funded candidate in that race. Because it was because it was all his money. It was his all. It was his money. He's a, he's he was Kurt Clausening it. You know. <laughs> Okay, but that's the whole thing. So we actually have a long history here in Southwest Florida of candidates popping up, 
paying their way. They never, you know, sometimes mm. they haven't lived here that long. I mean, Dan Bongino ran here as a total carpetbagger, yep. right? We might have Madison Cawthorn here as another car- carpetbagger just showing up because it's opportune, mm. right? Paige Kriegel as well. He was representing Charlotte County, ran twice for Congress, yeah. um, and basically moved to Estero. Because yeah, I guess he had a second house in Estero. You but, actually don't you even know. have to live in the district according yeah. to federal law. But um, but yeah, so it's it's we have a long history of it, and people just you know they buy their races. Well, and- Republicans have a long history of carpetbagger. We we are the inventors of carpet bag bagging, going back to the eighteen sixties. <laughs> like here's the thing, like that's bad for people in your district. Like, mm. For me, like and and I've. Believe it or not, I'm not just straight a partisan hack, guys. I've worked for Democrats. I've worked for Republicans. Mm-hmm. I really go back to the people. We want to elect people in all positions of government that are ready to serve the people, yeah. right? And there should be a level of accountability to people on this, I believe, right? Yeah. And I so I and I love the debate. I love the opportunity to talk about ideas mm-hmm. um, because it's my passion and has been my passion for a long time. And I just I, I want to see that come back. I would rather see folks who are you know willing to talk about the issues than folks who are just trying to buy their way into a race yeah and the other thing is because i i'm against carpetbaggers because you want someone who knows your community it's a representative they're supposed to represent the community so you want someone who's who who if they don't have roots here you know have a, a time of residency here and we don't get that quite a bit. We get a lot of people who, you know, because Southwest Florida is a place where people retire. Yeah. So we get people most recently. We had Dan Severson. He was uh, uh, the, Minis- the Minnesota House Republican leader. Like he was a state representative in Minnesota. Moved here about five, six years ago, ran for Congress. And I think. And then ran for school board. And then ran for school board. Cycle. Lost both of them. Lost to a Democrat the second time. That yeah. was that was. Kind, that should have been humbling for sure but yeah, again, he should humble and enjoy his retirement but he, i mean anyway. yeah yeah i i mean Wait, listen i have a whole thing against sunsetters i'm yeah. not gonna lie because there's a ton of people who come down here in all sorts of professions yeah they retire from somewhere else and then they come here and they sit in jobs they have outdated skills and they're literally like taking job markets away from people who still have active families like me yeah. <laughs> right? so it's like i people can't move up we're kind of hollowed out the middle of our economy mm. because there's a lot of folks and like on paper you go oh well this guy's got 20 years experience but this person's got 10 well let's take this 20 year experience yeah. but they got 20 years because they retired from somewhere else and and what this ultimately comes and this is not just like ageism this is about your level of motivation and how committed you are to a community so if you're just moving here because you want something that's easy in retirement that's not going to set you up to be an achiever and be somebody who's ready to work for the community yeah you're just using this as like a like a post-retirement last gig you know so thank you. Uh, I see John Heim, who's a big water advocate. Um, appreciate you watching. And yeah, you know, always fighting. John, if you didn't see, I give a duck about water. Go check out about muffin. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about some of the other issues that you wanted to get into here. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're running low. We're running low on time. So I'll skip the the cocaine gate that's been going on in the white house i really don't think it's it's a fuck everybody in dc does cocaine <laughs> the only person that ever got caught was trey red i did want to but here that we have an update here locally we were talking i don't know if it was last week or the week before about sheriff marcino and the uh 10 year old who he perp walked right. so uh, a judge has found him guilty of making threats uh a few things that are interesting for me in this story one is that it was a judge and not a jury. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason for that that's legal and judicial, but I just found that interesting and it rubs me the wrong way. Second, what I'm concerned about is this is going to bolster Sheriff Marcina. He's going to say, oh, I wasn't mm-hmm. right. He was making a threat. I still do not believe it was a threat. It's, it, it appears to me as a meme. What was interesting is, is also the judge said that the kid was coached. The kid is 10. Of course he was coached. Attorneys meet with their um, attorneys meet with their clients and help them through these type of cases all the time. And of course, they're going to help a ten-year-old who doesn't know what's going on. I, yeah. I. So for people who don't know, when I was eighteen, I was uh, arrested, and I had spent about two months in jail. And I'm, as you know, autistic, and I had no idea what was um, what was going on. We have a lot of people coming in, but anyway. Um, I had no idea what was going on. And so my first time in a courtroom, 
I thought my mom was going to be there. She wasn't. And I was like looking around and the judge was like snapping at me, trying to get me to pay attention to him. I had no idea what was going on. I can't imagine it would be any easier for a 10 year old. So I, I have quite, I just, I have questions and concerns about the judgment. I don't know if you, you've read about this. If, if yeah. So yeah, this case, what had happened in is almost a year ago, I think um, at this point, but there was a 10 year old boy who had shared some, what appeared to be memes that, somehow conveyed a potential threat to shoot up a school and then sheriff carmine marcino and his team went into the school and perp walked the student arrest the 10 year old and then videotaped it and shared mm. it out so um i police porn yeah police porn stuff and you know he this is a big thing for carmine marcino he uses self-promotion he's got tiktok it's disgusting for me yeah. um so and by the way Let's, I do want to mention this too. There, are, and I won't mention names, but there are a lot of MAGA Republicans who are upset about it too, because you have to understand it from our perspective, from a MAGA perspective. There's very, they're very pro-family, and this comes out like, why are you perp walking a kid? It's a kid. It does not look good to a lot of right. strong, not like moderate, you know, milk toast establishment Republicans. I'm talking Trump loving. Make America great again, flag waving, gun toting, strong conservative Republicans. They are not happy with this because it is very, it does not look good. Well, good. Well, hopefully they'll, they'll, uh, start looking more into what Car Carmine Marcino is doing then because yeah so and apparently this boy um was autistic or is autistic as oh is he oh yeah, that's even from worse what I understand. I'm, I'm now even more pissed that's his personal yeah so you know and there's there's a whole component around this is first of all I will say right out the bat I do not ever want to see the photo of a minor whether they've been arrested mm -hmm. or what have you anywhere okay that is for me not appropriate mm -hmm. okay second Arresting children in general is not something I think that we should be doing. <laughs> it, it, it creates a very, and this is like when they're, when they're that age, they're still psychologically developing. Right. This is going to like damage him for decades into his adulthood in ways that we don't even realize. And I 100% agree with Howard Sapp. He is a bully. Yeah. And so there's, those are two things right there. Third, let's talk about putting their photo out on social media and, and, and media news. Okay. Like their name their photo being put out like that is is wholly inappropriate. Also, let's talk about jurisprudence and the whole concept of being innocent until proven guilty, which is part of our legal foundation in this country. And now you've publicly named and shamed somebody who hasn't been convicted of anything. And that person is a minor. So the, these are major problems for me. I think it's inappropriate. Now, going back to the verdict that you were talking about, about this young man being found guilty, I, I have some qualms too about, about it being a judge versus a jury. And that may be something to do with him being a minor. Um, but I, I just, um, I, I will, I will actually at this point say, okay, I defer and he made a threat, but what do we do in our legal system when we have this type of situation? We have a juvenile who's done something and what is the level of severity and what is the intent, okay? Was the intention for him to try to shoot up the school or was he just acting out or he just did something stupid? And, you know, this is also like, did he have access to weapons? Was he actually trying to do this? Um, so I don't, I don't buy the whole idea that the schools are safer because of this type of behavior. And I worry really about what the broad scope effect of this, of perp walking this, this child putting his name out there and then and and then convicting him. And I'll leave the rest to the judicial system because we'll talk about that another day because this also is a a young man of color as well. So we can talk about how that plays in to the conviction. But I, mm. I don't like any of it. I do not think it's appropriate. I think that these types of things, there can be a better way than creating so early on in a child's life the, you know, the education to you know, prison pipeline. Yeah, it's kind of, it was definitely very concerning is one of the things we do agree with. But uh, I wanted to get that update out there um, as well. So that was the two main stories I really wanted to talk about. I mean, Hunter Biden is not really that big of an issue, but we did say we were going to talk about the uh, legislative session. All right. Um, and uh, you, any bills you want to talk about in particular? 
God, you threw it to me first. Uh, all right. Little, ladies first. So yes. listen, so there's, okay, like all the way together, you know, from the Democratic perspective, this was a complete abysmal piece of shit. Florida legislative session. We mm. have everything from the the immigration bill to the the attack on trans rights and the the mm. hormone and the doctors and the uh, abortion, the guns. I mean, on and on and on. Mm. Okay, but everybody's talking a lot about that. But I'm actually going to rep my friends at the uh, Florida Democratic Environmental Caucus because one of the things that I think is kind of like a sleeper that came through. I, I wonder if, I think I know which one you're talking which one? about. Well, there's a couple of them, but is it the road one? The radioactive road. This one, I don't know too much about, but it does, to me, it sounds concerning, which I, it, which yes. Okay. Right. So Talk really, about, can you explain this? Because I don't understand this at all. So okay. please do. So it's HB 1191, the use of phosphogypsum bill. Okay. The use of phosphogypsum is an, a byproduct of the mining of phosphate in the phosphorus pop, processing of phosphate as a fertilizer okay mm. a mosaic is the biggest company in the state of florida who engages in this practice so after they process and mine the phosphate from the ground and they get it ready to be fertilizer there's this byproduct called phosphogypsum that is radioactive so currently these radioactive stacks are called you know uh gypsum stacks are put in various places across the state uh, in kind of like ponds areas. If you remember a couple years ago, there was a leak in one of these pines in a place called Piney Point near Sarasota. That meant that the contaminated water from the radioactive waste in the gypsum stacks was potentially leaking out of the reservoir and into the water supply around us. These gypsum stacks stay radioactive and they have well they have a half-life of 1200 years and then they actually decay into something that is also radioactive that has another half-life of about 900 years right so we're talking about thousands of years of radioactive waste that comes from the phosphorus mining or the phosphate mining industry that is like john heim is pointing out from the fortune 500 company mosaic according to the epa mosaic is on the hook mm. to to get rid of this radioactive waste, okay? Right now they're sitting in these phosphate stacks, but these are super fun spikes and they're supposed to be taken care of and they're, they are at the cost of the company. One, so what happened in this, the use of phosphogypsum bill is that it allows for the use of these phos this phosphogypsum in roads. However, phosphogypsum, aside from being Radioactive is known to cause cancer and illness in both people and animals, as well as potentially can ruin the environment. Particularly concerning for roads is that if it's used in roads, it will have runoff. So every time something rains on the road, it will then run off, gathering that radioactive material and the harm essentially that is embedded in the roads. So the, the bill is what's called a test. So they have agreed to make it legal to test the use of phosphogypsum in roads across the state of Florida. Essentially, it's a door opening for the company to sell this radioactive material to companies doing construction and roads across the state of Florida. And uh, yeah, so this is uh, terrible, as you can imagine. And, and all, all that's going to happen is they're going to do the test. They're going to say, hey, everything's fine because radioactive stuff, especially when it's not like, it's very different than like if you walk into Chernobyl, right? like Chernobyl's like, Shh, and you're going to get cancer or skin lesions or something relatively soon. Most other types of radioactive materials uh, accumulate in your system over time and they cause problems in the long term, right? Mm. So there's very little chance that in a short-term study, you're going to be able to get enough data to determine whether or not this is a good or bad thing, okay? Mm. In fact, this has been used before in Ukraine, uh -uh, where Chernobyl is, by the way, okay? Mm. And it was so detrimental to the communities that it was stopped and all the roads that use phosphogypsum were ripped up from Ukraine, okay? Mm. So this has been tried. It's a bad idea. Mm. It is going to cause cancer and illness and leukemia and all sorts of other horrible things. And not only is it going to be confined to the roads, but the runoff from that material has a, a possibility to become part of the water system in the state of Florida for thousands of years to come. Mm. Okay. So that's why this is like 
a big deal to me yeah. and it really it slipped is. in uh it was one of the things because everybody's so worried about all this other shit that they, is existential they thought, they thought they thought you know the industries that that benefit from it thought they can sneak it in which they, they did. did and it's and it, it's something i agree with you on you talk about and there's so many republicans who are concerned about the government and the things that they do, like the conspiracy theory type stuff, you know, they're slow right in the water or they're tracking us with, you know, killing us with co with the COVID vaccine. This is a real life conspiracy. This is like the type they're they're poisoning our roads, which is going to get into our water, which is going to cause us cancer. It's like, I, I'm just shocked. Now, what I want to know, though, is what's the next steps? Like, what is, is there like going to be a lawsuit? Is there what, what action can be taken to go, move forward? So as of right now, I don't know <laughs> anything. I know that as part of the Environmental Caucus, we had a veto campaign. So we were trying to encourage Ron DeSantis to veto it. That didn't go anywhere. It was signed into mm -hmm. law the last week. It was one of the very last laws that was signed by Ron DeSantis right ahead of the July 1st cutoff. And um, yeah, it's like a, it's a, it, it's a backdoor. And, and this is, I think, actually what, uh, what we worry about in general, both on both sides of the aisle. Yeah. This is special interest, right? Paying off, literally writing legislation mm. to benefit them. Yeah. And then sliding it in and and making it seem like it's okay because what everybody who's been supporting this bill is like, oh, it's a test. It's a test. It's a test. But a test, I mean, it's a test with radioactive waste, first of all. Like, let's just say like, you know, and, and my question to everybody at this point too is like, if it's not a big deal, like, let's pave your driveway with it first. Yeah. Let's pave the road <laughs> in front of your kid's school with it first. And then yeah. we'll see how much of a big deal a test really is. Now- can communities like city councils, county commissions, what can they, can they do anything? Or is this like, I don't know if any preemptions are going to be in place right now. And it, honestly, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a battle to come. So because it's a test, it's like baby time and they could say, oh, we're going to do it slowly. And then, you know, they'll slide in the next thing next time around. I mean, the only thing is left essentially is for people to say, hey, you know, let's let's fight back against this. Let's actually ban it from use. Um, it's going to take a, a campaign against it because mm. because it's it's a company. It's a company with a large amount of money and a big you know big amount of payoffs to many not not payoffs. Let me say contributions I, um, to many folks, including mm -hmm. some on the left. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and it'll basically they'll just chip it away until they can do it. But the thing that's crazy about this, and I don't think I mentioned it earlier, is that not only is it like okay, we're going to use this in the roads, but it eliminates their uh, their their debt because they would otherwise have to dispose of this material. So it actually turns a debt into a profit mm. because they can sell it and get government contracts to build the roads. So, I mean, it is actually classic rent seeing, I'll use libertarian <laughs> for you. It's classic rent seeing. It's a big special interest company that has bought off politicians mm -hmm. to do what they want. And then they're ultimately, and not just to make it more disgusting, they are going to get it paid off with public dollars. So basically our taxpayer payer money is, used, is being used right. to give us cancer. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. It's because it's the, roads are public, right? Yep. Whether they're county, so, state, or federal. So there's those dollars are going to be then going back to buy the radioactive waste from Mosaic mm -hmm. to put into our communities. So I mean, it's 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 so disgusting. It's something that I think we could universally get behind. I actually this is agree. Bad. I think that you can get a lot of Republicans if there is a protest. Uh, um, I would definitely be there for that because I 100% agree. We should Our government shouldn't be poisoning us. That shouldn't be a controversial statement, and it definitely shouldn't be one that we're saying in the United States of America. Right. But unfortunately, we have to be out there and, and fight against our government literally poisoning us. So it's kind of absurd and ridiculous that this passed. So this is one I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a it was another of the conservative years. Uh, my personal, the one that's been um, actually pretty interesting down here has been the permitless carry bill. There's some controversy around it because there's Republicans out here in Lee County who think they we didn't do enough. And it's I mean, look, I'm a big supporter of constitutional carry as well. This isn't that. Um, Permitless carry, I think, is a good first step. I know you disagree with me on this, of course, uh, but it is, again, 
when, when it comes to the Second Amendment, the Constitution to me is what gives the permit to own a weapon. Uh, I understand the real real issues that come with that, with a very armed citizenry. Obviously, there's going to be issues with this when it comes to public safety. But I, as again, I'm a libertarian for that reason. I always err on the side of rights and liberties. And But I... Um, it's just been very interesting to see the Republican pushback on our own legislators for not going far enough because they can't. Yeah, it's like they let the perfect be the enemy of the good, as the saying goes. And it's just ridiculous. And and so wait, I want to stop. Yeah. What's the perfect? Well, the perfect in this case would have been constitutional carry. That's what full okay. constitutional carry. Tell me what you mean by this. So, what's, so this would mean the, that you don't need give, a... Give me the ideal vision. So the, what's the perfect scenario? The perfect scenario would be that you do not need to get a gun permit in order to own a gun. Of any kind? Of any kind. And you can take it anywhere? Correct. And you can hold it any kind? Correct. So no age? Yes, correct. No yes. capacity, capability restrictions? Correct. So, and no place restrictions. Yes, very, okay. very radical. My position. kindergartner <laughs> can take a gun to school on the first day. No, she couldn't. Well, no, what? I could. Hang on. <laughs> That's not constitutional carry because you just said <laughs> no age, no place restrictions. Oh, so I didn't say no place restrictions. Seven. Well, as long as you. Sorry, <laughs> AR 15. Okay, you came for seven. It's okay. definitely, look, I okay, get so like, like, <laughs> like, nerd just rolled around. How about people on the no-fly list? How about that? We'll just give them all. Well, the no-fly list is with the no-fly organization list. that gave guns to people on the no-fly list. Well, that How would be hurt with your constitutional carry. It would be illegal. It would be unwise, but it would be legal. Look, and I get it. Okay. Constitutional cool. carry is a very radical position. That's why it doesn't get passed. Well, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> look, look, and that's the honest truth of it. And that's what you know. A lot of these Republicans don't get. We get what we can get. A convicted murderer cannot have a gun. Yes, no. Have gone in prison? No. So this is shit. This is so here's the thing with this constitutional carry. Constitutional right. You said no age limit, no restrictions. So all the prisoners get guns. No, actually, so there is a limit when with the yes. So there there is a limit when you are convicted when you are a convicted criminal. So the thing is, your constitutional rights can be restricted, but only Mm -hmm. via due process of the law. Mm -hmm through a criminal conviction. This is why, like, I know you probably heard this about slavery being still technically legal, because if you're a convict, you can be considered a slave under the 14th Amendment. That is the only way you can. So, Right, but that's already in the Constitution. So yeah. your interpretation would be, and like I said, your utopian view, yeah. no limit. Well, I would say, I would actually no go, yeah, this is the, cons- yeah. And I just proved that that's bullshit because you said no in prisons and no kindergartners. So that's what I'm saying. Like you, even in the fucking utopian vision of the fucking gun world there's, gone yeah. wild, there's restrictions. So you've already Fair violated point. your cause. This is why I said it's horseshit. The whole thing is horseshit because you can, we always have restrictions mm. and we always have restrictions on our rights in Mm. this country in terms of the constitutional amendments particular our Mm. individual rights and the bill of rights because there are fucking limitations to when it makes sense to do this right like yeah you can't run into a fucking theater and yell fire and call it the fucking first amendment Mm. you know yeah you can't drive a car on the left side of the road at fucking 80 miles an hour right Mm. you can't fucking do that because it's fucking against the other right of people to pursue Mm. their life and happiness and the the thing is is that we got to get out of this absolutist terms because life is not black and white (laughs) there are limitations and we're limited Mm. all the fucking time and our life is fucking great it's better for it it's better because we have the capacity to do the things that we want right Mm. like you i can't just come into this bar this ollie's with no shirt on no underwear on, Thank no God. shoes on, <laughs> fucking two guns blazing and just be like, America! And be like, my freedom! Because there's a lot of fucking problems that people would have with that, right? So I just don't understand why it's okay for Republicans to espouse this, like, absolutist vision of the Constitution and then in a fucking second, just like you did, my friend, roll back and say, oh, but wait. <laughs> so... Yes. Okay. I will. I will concede the point there and the fact that yeah, there are certain limitations. Um, but again, <laughs> just the limitations that you like. Just the limitations. Like, I don't want to get like limited limit. 
I like I like what John he John Heim says. Limited limits. Yes, limited limits. Limited limit the amount of limitations. I actually fucking horseshit, and you and you got fucking caught in it. You got your dick caught in the screen. You're fucking done because like the thing is is like when it comes down to it. Here's the thing, and and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 100 honest right now. This vision of a country where everybody has a gun. Yeah. And it's the wild west is literally not one that we want to live in and i know that most of the people in this country have never lived in that i have an uber coming actually <laughs> all right so, so I, wait hold on a second let me finish this so yeah. i have i have spent a significant amount of time in the philippines mm. the philippines has extremely liberal gun mm. laws okay and what this means is that everybody has their own they have their own army right mm. if you're a powerful person i was working with mayors they have their own entourage they oftentimes control the police they have one of the highest rates of gun homicide homicide in the world and i know more people mm. that died from gun violence in the philippines than anywhere else i went to funerals from families yeah. shooting each other over land i sat mm. in a place in the mayor's home in the middle central part of the philippines where every single person at that table had a fully automatic weapon okay and we do not actually want that you really fucking don't because not only are we already there in part gun deaths are the leading cause of death for children in this country which is fucking horrific and I, on top of so, that you don't want to add more fuel Cindy. to the fire so thank you so much for joining us here for a democrat and a republican walk into a bar we hope that you will sponsor our episode and get a subscription for 4.99 a month or 49.99 a year or you can get all of our shows here at big mouth media for 19.99 a month or 199 a year it's a great deal and you would absolutely help us we need all sorts of equipment to keep alive uh got to produce these shows got our software our equipment so we'd love to have your support one thing that sean wanted to to mention here is that we are all busy this summer and we're going to take a brief summer vacation here over the next few weeks and we're going to start up again in august so we will see you next time here in the beginning of august from big mouth media on a democrat and republican walk into a bar and we'll see you next time check our website www.bigmouthmediafl.com bye bye